Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I was very, even going back to that mindset, like I was very like, let's go make it happen. Let's, let's go, right? You know, let's do it. We're going to keep going. And I would say initially I jumped in too quick. I wasn't educated enough, you know? And so, uh, you know, I was like, I can make this happen. And I did make it happen. We, we closed on a couple of triplexes and, uh, you know, it, it, I would say it didn't go as planned, you know, not everything anyway, or there wasn't enough planning you know, beforehand, you know, just due diligence and numerous things that, that I didn't understand about the market. And, and there's so many things there that we learned the hard way. Um, but so educating myself was, was crucial, you know, and obviously after that, I mean, I, I got an education. Thanks you know, all but for tuning into Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dreams. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got Whitney Sewell with me today. Um, if you guys have been following Dreamcatchers, you'll know that Whitney interviewed me a few months ago, and I reached out to him after hearing him on the Target Insight Markets podcast and said, I'd like to be able to share your story. Um, Whitney, how are you today? Doing great. Doing great. It's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit, Drone, and appreciate you having me on the show. Man, it's so good to have you here. So before we started recording, you mentioned that you were down in Dallas over the weekend. Anything exciting happening down there that you want to share with the listeners? And then can we- Sure. Yeah, there, there's numerous things we can talk about, about just that trip alone. And, and I, love, I love talking about, you know, just being very purposeful with my time while I'm traveling and going to a place like that. And, and so, you know, there, was, there, there is a big reason we were down there. Uh, but while I'm there, I'm going to try to optimize that time and maximize, you know, every opportunity. Because uh, I don't consider it a vacation when all the family's back at home and, you know, my wife's holding down the fort, right, you know, all by herself. And so, you know, right. I want to make that time as productive as possible. So, you know, a, a little something that I do every time I'm going to go to an event or that I'm going to go to another city for whatever it may be, I'm going to find out you know, are there, are, do I have investors in that town? You know, and can I, um, can I meet with them while I'm there? You know, I'm going to reach out ahead of time, a week or so ahead and say, Hey, I'm going to be in the area. would love to have dinner with you. Cause it's, it's too often that we don't, 
we don't have that face-to-face time with investors and they don't get to know us on a personal level and us, them as well. And so that, you know, that's a big thing I'm going to try to do while I'm traveling. And then also other operators, other people in the business that, that can add value to me and I can add value to them in some way and, and get to connect. And so I'm going to be proactive and reaching out, say I'm going to be in the area this time, you know, here's some time I'm going to be having meetings. You know, I'd love to get together for coffee or a meal, you know, something like that. And so, we, I did that. But the big reason we were down there was for, um, was for a personal investor event. And so we, we closed on, we closed on 180 units about three months ago. And, and we had a, I mean, not all the investors by far, but a big chunk of them are, were concentrated in Dallas. Okay. And so we, you know, we got together with them and had a meal and actually one of the investors hosted it at their house, which was, which was really cool. Um, so, you know, we, we get all of them together and we actually gave them their first distribution in person. No you know, way. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really good. It, it allowed them to ask questions about us and about the business and where we're going, about the market, the property, us to talk about the, the good and the bad and the ugly and the, you know, everything about the property, what's happening and, and, um, and what all's going on. So it, it, was really good. I was, I was just impressed at, at uh, just good feedback and just, they all really enjoyed it. And so that was the big reason we were there. We also toured, you know, about 700 other units in the area that, uh, uh, that we're a part of or partnered on. And, and so it was just a good trip, very busy, lots of meetings, lots of, you know, meeting lots of people. And right. another tip about that, you know, it's purposeful about scheduling interactions with all these people that I want to meet while I'm there. But then, you know, if I had, I had a little extra time like Sunday afternoon, so I just put a post in uh, my group and maybe personal page and, and also like a, a group that's local to that area and just say, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Would you like to meet? You know, and then numerous people, you know, reach out and say, hey, you know, I'd love to meet, love to get together. And so as many as I can, you know, I'll just try to meet. Nice, nice. So, you know, we didn't really re- go through reading the bio for Whitney, but he, he leads LifeBridge Capital and they do multifamily syndications. and so. As you can tell from the story that Whitney just shared, and they just bought you know close to a 200 unit deal. And the cool thing about syndication is, and I don't know if it's cool or not, but you're able to raise money without actually meeting the folks. And so Whitney, actually, after he did, I did his podcast. He sent me a handwritten postcard, and he just puts that personal touch on everything he does. And so I think that piece of it is really a differentiator for Whitney compared to a lot of the other folks that we do. So Whitney, would you be willing to talk a little bit more of how you, you know, got to the place where you're leading LifeBridge Capital and maybe the mission, and hopefully we can talk a little bit about um, the adoption things that you guys are doing as well. Sure. So, you know, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't raised in a real estate family, you know, or investing, you know, or entrepreneurial family. And uh, there's a couple other entrepreneurs in the family now, but, you know, not growing up. And uh, I was in the military and uh, spent a year in Iraq, come home. Uh, and that was all of 05. I come home trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do? What am I qualified to do? You know, all I know is just the military time. And, and then so come back and, and it was, um, you know, it was easy to get into law enforcement. I always thought about being a police officer and um, got hired with uh, Kentucky state police. You know, it was 1200 applicants for five positions. Fortunately, I was able to get one of those and uh, you know, Lord really, I'm sure did some work there, <laughs> but you know, thankful to, to, to have gotten hired. Uh, and then, you know, a couple years into that or a little less, we got married and, you know, it hit me then, you know, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed working the road. I enjoy the structure, the uniform, all that. And, and, 
however, I could see quickly that it wasn't what was going to be best for my family, my, my new bride and, and for the future. And it was going to be hard to survive on, you know, 30 to $35,000 a year uh, forever and with pretty much no room for advancement. So it put me on a search of how am I going to supplement my income? That was my thought process at the time. How, what am I going to do to increase my income? Well, then in came real estate. You know, so, you know, learned about, you know, or I tried to educate myself some, but I didn't, I didn't educate myself near enough, but bought, uh, you know, a couple of triplexes, jumped right in and uh, tried to, you know, just making it happen and, and made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot the hard way, of course, and, but has been valuable, you know, going forward. Uh, but, you know, I, at the time though, that's all I could see was, uh, you know, small multis or uh, single family homes. I, I had no idea that, you know, this other business was out there, you know, called uh, real estate syndication. And, uh, and I mean, at that time, syndication wasn't, wasn't even a thing, but, but, uh, but it wasn't, uh, it, it just wasn't in my mind that I could ever, you know, even think about purchasing a property that was millions of dollars or a hundred units or anything like that. It, it just wasn't even in my, it just it wouldn't even enter. You know, if somebody said that, I said, oh, you're crazy. However, so, you know, many years went by, became, uh, went from state police to became a federal agent. And, you know, that was a big step up. Most law, law enforcement dream of being going federal. So that was good. Uh, it made this move to Virginia, uh, but it's still, you know, the J-O-B still, um, you know, I still wanted to pursue the entrepreneurial, uh, you know, the real estate investing and all that. And so, but still small multis, uh, up to like a 15 unit, which you still have. Uh, but, um, it was just gonna be hard to scale. Right. And so in came the syndication business. And the more I learned about that, I can't remember how I was exposed to that probably through a podcast, but you know, it just made sense, right? I mean, it just made sense to me because uh, I enjoy building teams and working with professionals as opposed to looking for more tenants and toilets and self-managing and things like that. I mean, it just, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I can see building this business. And so at the same time, um, my wife and I were in a, going through our third adoption process. And if you don't know about adoption or adopting a child, it can be anywhere from 40 to $60,000, which is a whole nother subject of, you know, it's just crazy that it's so expensive. However, the child's very worth it. You know, the whole, you know, it's, it's, it's a major roller coaster, but it's, it's very well worth it. So we wanted to keep adopting. We wanted to be able to help other people adopt. And because often we, we help people through the process or we talk about our experience, they have questions, you know, and the big question is what's it going to cost me? And so when we say that number, you know, 40 to 60,000, it's, you know, they're like Whitney, that's more than I make in a year you know, and so that's where we want to be able to come alongside and say, you know, we want to be able to help you financially uh, to be able to adopt a child, bring a child home into your family and, and, and really help you to commit to making it happen. The Lord provided in just massive ways for, for our adoption in ways we didn't even see coming. I mean, just all three times, you know, and so, yeah, you know, why we still question if he's faithful, I have no idea, but you know, we do. So, you know, but he was very faithful in providing for us and, and we want to move forward and helping other people in the same way. And we do that through being able to scale the real estate syndication business. And so, you know, and that's why, you know, at that same time I said, okay, you know, I can scale this business and we can have more income obviously so we can continue to adopt, but also so we can help others. Nice. Wow. 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 So, you talked about a few different moves. You talked about some job changes. You talked about adoption. Um, if you had to pick three defining moments over the course of your life, what would they be? Oh, man. <laughs> three defining moments. Um, let's see. 
I know there were major defining moments while I was young, growing up. Um, I know there were uh, times with, um, obviously, our parents, you know, were going through divorce, you know, my parents, you know, things like that. Like, those are defining moments that shape you, right? Like, you know, some difficult times, right? Uh, but, but more recently, um, I would say spending a year in, in Iraq, um, was a major defining moment. And, you know, even some, you know, events that took place there are major defining moments, um, you know, that will, you know, be with me forever. Um, even before that, I would say uh, boot camp, you know, mm -hmm. was a defining moment, you know, just, uh, just teaching you so much about yourself that you don't, that you don't know, you know, that you can really push through lots of things that you, your, your mind will first say that you can't do you know, and, and being able to understand how to overcome things. And, and I, I like to tell the story too about, I remember the last week of boot camp, and, you know, and they, they try to push you through about three to four days when you're going on almost no sleep, you, you're carrying all your gear, like 20, you know, 15 to 20 miles out at a ruck march, you know, all your stuff. And, and, you know, they, they just keep you awake, keep you going, keep you going, keep you, you're so exhausted, right? You know, through the night, you know, there's like, you know, they, you think you're getting shot at all kinds of stuff going on, you know, and, and they're just doing this to really teach you, you know, what you can push through and what you can accomplish. And, and so, but on the way back, we're marching up the road and you know the 15 or 20 mile you know march back we're still carrying all our stuff we're filthy we're so exhausted and I remember the time when there's a Humvee coming up the road and there were there's two lines of us going up both sides of the road and there's a Humvee that slowly goes up the middle I know they do this on purpose but in the back of that Humvee are guys who have quit who have said I'm done with this I can't make it and so, you know, I remember that and remember making that decision. I'm not going to quit. I can make this. I can keep going. You know, that's, I'm not riding in that truck, you know, on the way back. And, and so that, you know, that's a big defining moment where, you know, made that decision that that's not going to be me. I am going to make it. I am going to do it. And that's paid dividends forward, whether it's when, you know, in, a, in Iraq, when numerous things happen, obviously when you're at war, but, but that you have to make that decision that you're going to keep going forward. You know, and, and, and in a situation like that, it affects not only your life, but many others' lives as well. And, and then obviously in law enforcement, police academy, all those things, many defining moments that, you know, have helped shape me to have a, a, just a stronger mindset, a more willingness to push forward and, and more structure. And, and, and those are, I guess that's three things, uh, you know, so those are probably, you know, some major things that are, uh, that have helped define me and helped me to, um, even be a more successful entrepreneur in, in big ways. Yeah. I mean, I think the resiliency is the difference maker, you know, resiliency, perseverance, whatever word you want to use there. If you, if you can outlast the other guy, then you're kind of guaranteed success because you're the last one standing. And I mean, so were you into the military right out of high school? Or did you go to college? Like, how'd you end up, you know, going to boot camp? Yeah, so I, I went to boot camp, like, probably a week after I graduated high school. I mean, it was really quick. Um, and, you know, so I joined the Guard, the National Guard. It was before 9-11 as well. I mean, that's when you thought, you know, we're never going to war, right? You know, and then, and then I mean, it was like, uh, so, so, yeah, I joined my junior year. And then, what well, was my... Yeah, it wasn't like a few, it was probably six months later that 9-11 happened, you wow. know, so, uh, so anyway, so then it's like, okay, well, you know, something's probably fixing to happen here, um, but, but you always felt like that, you know, the National Guard only stayed in the States, well, obviously, we all know that's not the case now, but, uh, um, but it was, you know, during that time that, 
you know, that happened and it's like, okay, a big defining moment. I'm fixing to have to go to war, you know, and this fixing to have to put this training to work. Um, and it's very important, you know, to think about how you were trained and that you uh, understand, yeah, that, you know, I can keep pushing forward. Um, and, you know, how many times are you going to, you know, are, even though I get kicked in the face, I still got to go forward. Keep going. I, I don't know. I watch Finding Nemo with my kids from every now and again, and Dory just tells you to keep swimming. And I mean, it, it's such a great life lesson. Yeah. Such a great life lesson. So you've been doing the entrepreneurial thing for a while now. Um, help out the newbies. What, what are the three biggest lessons you've learned so far? Entrepreneurial like yeah. lessons? Yeah. So you know, I was very, even going back to that mindset, like I was very like, let's go make it happen. Let's, let's go. You're right. You know, let's do it. We're going to keep going. And I would say initially I jumped in too quick. I wasn't educated enough, you know? And so, uh, you know, I was like, I can make this happen. And I did make it happen. We, we closed on a couple of triplexes and, and you know, it, it, I would say it didn't go as planned, you know, not everything anyway, or there wasn't enough planning, you know, beforehand. Mm -hmm you know, just due diligence and numerous things that, that I didn't understand about the market. And, and there's so many things there that we learned the hard way. Um, but so educating myself was, was crucial, you know, and obviously after that, I mean, I, I got an education, you know, but not the way I expected. And so that, you know, that was a big lesson for me is like really educating myself. But then, but then, you know, the opposite of that is people, you know, getting analysis paralysis and all those things that like, well, have I educated myself enough? Do I know enough? Eventually, yes, you got to move forward and, you know, pull the trigger and make it happen. But you got to understand those things. You got to, you know, there's, there's numerous books that you can read. There's numerous people to talk to all those things, but to make it happen, but you got to educate yourself. So, you know, and, and, and actually having a mentor, um, I would say that's one big lesson is I didn't have a good mentor at that time. I didn't know anybody in the market, you know, that, that, that we were moving to and that I, you know, bought these units in, um, you know, I should have been networking there. I should have been meeting people there, um, you know, before we ever, you know, put an offer on something there, you know, and just had a better understanding of, of that market. Uh, and so a couple lessons, obviously there's educating, understanding the market and networking there before I ever, uh, you know, put offers on property there, just to have a better understanding of, of where I'm buying, what I'm buying, and, and, then, and then understanding the process of, of proper due diligence. Wow. So I just want to make, it sounds like you, you got an education without buying an educational program. <laughs> at that time, at that time, and I also learned the importance of having a good mentor, you know, which I, you know, I have one now and it's been instrumental, you know, and I would encourage everybody to have some kind of mentor, uh, whether it's paid or whether it's not one way or another, you need somebody that's been there and done that. And it's going to help you to be so much more successful and, and get there faster. What are you, what are you seeing the, your mentor doing the most for you? Like how, what, what, what is the shift that the mentor has created for you? I would say that there's a few things that were like laid out, like here's some things you need to think about, you know, here's some ways that uh, specifically with me now, even some of the early on like branding stuff, you know, or thinking about just business things, especially in the syndication business that, that, you know, I didn't know, wasn't aware of coming from thinking about small multifamily or single family, you know, there was some big differences there that, that I could learn instantly from his experience, uh, which was 
crucial. Um, but, but then just the branding process and some of those things that he was really good at uh, to help me get started. Uh, but then also just that he's so much further ahead, it just gave me more confidence, right? That I can ask him these questions and I can send him an email or a text and just say, hey, you know, have you run into this before? What is this? And, and you know, getting that response from experience makes a, a big difference as opposed to not having anybody that you know of that you can ask these questions of because, you know, I, things are going to come up, right, that you have not seen before, like almost every deal, right? You know, I mean, there's something new that we're learning, you know, every deal, there's things that you cannot account for. And, but somebody like this has most likely been in that situation before. And, and that's, that's crucial that, but that was it, you know, having somebody that you can ask these questions of that's been there and done it. Hey guys, back in 2016, me and the team decided to formalize dream catchers as an organization that can help people achieve their wildest dreams. If this is you, please visit our website at dreamshouldbereal.com in order to find out the details of our services and how we can help you become a dream catcher. Talk to you soon. Yeah. And so it's interesting you said paid or unpaid. I think you get a better response, a more thoughtful response when it is paid, right? I mean, when you're doing multi-million dollar deals, you want somebody that, I think you want somebody that has a vested interest and not, you know, your buddy who you just reach out to and hope they get opportunity to get back to you. Um, do you have sure. an opinion on that or... I do. And, and, and I get questions every week about coaching programs. I mean, I know most of these guys now that have big coaching programs, you know, that everybody listening would probably know of. And, and so I've gotten to know them personally, but then also I talk to so many people that are in all these coaching programs and I'll say, what's your experience been, you know, and uh, you know, you know, how have you, what have you learned and how are you moving forward? And so I would say it's so personal as far as uh, your, you know, do you know an operator that you could even start working for? You know, like, are you in a position where maybe you're not married, no kids, and you could just, I mean, offer to work for free? Like, it's going to put you so much further ahead if you could just work for a very experienced operator for a year, provide as much value as possible, even if you're having to work part-time at nights and weekends to make it happen. You are going to be so much further ahead in just giving your time and, and, and then, you know, them taking you under, wing, under their wing. So maybe in a position like that, you're not having to pay for a mentorship you know, just by handing them a big check initially, but you're paying with your time, uh, you know, and you're not going to be able to add much value initially. So, you know, don't expect much, but hopefully you're building that relationship. So eventually they, they do kind of have a vested interest in you, you know, because you've been helping them and you've built a relationship. But outside of that, yes, you know, a paid mentorship uh, is, is a great way to get started uh, because the, then they do have a, a vested interest in you or, you know, you've paid them for their time and, and they, they want to help you. They want to see you succeed. They want to have successful students most of the time, but not all programs are equal. You know, I would just say, do your due diligence. You know, not all coaches are equal. You know, and and I know, and I'll quickly say, you know, I like to find people. You know, as, when I was looking for a mentor, I wanted somebody that was in the business now. I wanted somebody that I talk could talk to personally. Okay, you know, not like a team of coaches. I know just my preference. Not that so there's not some good ones of those. And and I wanted a program that wasn't just like a year long and then it's over with, or six months and it's over with. And now I got to hand over another ten to twenty thousand or whatever it may be. So just a few things that I took into account. And I wanted to talk to the you know the coach, the person personally um, before I made that decision because I, I just feel like you know your gut's going to tell you a lot when you're having that conversation with them. And right. it did me. And, and the more I've gotten to know these people, I felt like I, I made a good decision. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. So when you think about life right now, what's most important to you? Hmm. Um, the most important thing is that we're serving the Lord in our family and personally and, and because that affects everything we're doing in our family and in our business. Um, you know, I would say that's first and foremost, you know, we just brought our third child home, our daughter home, uh, she's two months old, you know, and, and so that's obviously, uh, you know, uh, changed the way our household in a big way. And, and so I, you know, our, my children and, and wife are, are, are then, you know, probably the second most important right behind just our relationship with the Lord. And then, and then this business and that it is moving forward that we are uh, just showing that we are as, as, uh, honest and you know uh, integrous as possible and, and just that you can see that in our business and, and that we're moving forward as as fast as we can but as conservative and safe as we can as well wow so that part i think is an interesting balance right moving with purpose moving with intention but not making sure that you go too fast how are you finding the balance that is that conversations with the mentor is that just wisdom from the lessons learned when you jumped out into the triplexes and so on without anybody kind of peeking over your shoulder. What's kind of, what's guiding that for you? That we don't move too fast or that we're conservative. Yeah. So there's numerous things. And, and I would say a big part of that is network. Uh, My network, you know, and people that I know in the industry now and being able to, uh, you know, whether it's we're looking at a property or submitting LOIs or whatever that may be, uh, or underwriting or assumptions, all those things that we take into account when we say we're being conservative, you know, um, is, you know, knowing people that are in the market, having a coach or mentor that's been there and done that, and, and just other teammates or other people that are on the team that are experienced and, and really talking through these things, you know, saying, is this the best move? Is this the best investment? You know, whether it's, you know, a software that we're looking to purchase or whether it's the next property that we're looking to purchase. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's a team sport, it's a team effort. And, and that has helped move us faster. Um, you know, and, and, um, and, and being able to delegate, obviously, you know, hand off things and, and trust, you know, whether it's my assistant or numerous assistants uh, to do their job and specific tasks, or whether it's another teammate who's, you know, at the same level as me, but, but we have different roles, you know, and that's helped us to, you know, specialize in the business, you know, in our, in our lane, you know, in our business, uh, but, but not to be so um, overwhelmed with just all the tasks that have to be done in this business, you know, and so, so we can be more conservative, but we can move, we can move faster because we have a bigger team. Yeah, it's interesting. You said all of the things we have to do in this business, because you also have a daily podcast. So any, you, you, I'm going to ask you to dive deep on the tactics here, right? Because you have to have systems in place for your business to work. So how did you cultivate that? Is it because of the rigor of military and law enforcement? Or was this kind of a shock to your system when you got into, you know, the entrepreneurial space and becoming a thought leader and that type of stuff? So and you're referring to podcasts and, and creating all that, making all that happen. Yeah. So I would say it was a shock to the system, but it was, you know, like, I I guess I'm more systems oriented, oriented, like, you know, what's it going to take to make this happen? You know, if it's a, is it a repeatable task? You know, who specializes in this part of it? You know, um, can, you know, is there somebody that can do numerous parts or is this a specialized thing? Uh, You know, and initially, you know, deciding to do a daily show obviously has been a massive 
undertaking to say the least. It's just a lot of work. And, and, and I, so, but also I'll say I've never edited the first show. I've never edited the first audio or video. And, and, and I think taking on a larger task though, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do that. And so if I was, if I had been doing a weekly show, like personally, I know like I would have been trying to do everything. It wouldn't have been done as well. And, and I wouldn't, I mean, I, I may have even quit because I would have gotten behind it, you know, it just wouldn't have worked. And so it helped me to know that, okay, the task is so large. I have to build a team. I have to have a few experts that know what they're doing. And, and so initially I built a team of, I had four virtual assistants that were doing something every day for the show. And then a couple that were like on standby that would also do some of those roles as needed. And so, you know, just built a team and, and hired people that were specialists in certain things or specific tasks that I needed done. And then just built a flow, you know, of what, what needed to happen. And so, you know, a big shared document, everybody knew their role, knew their task. And, and that's, that's how we got it done. And then, you know, lots of things have stemmed from that now you know, after we've done this enough times, hundreds and hundreds of times now. So, you know, it's, it's more of an old machine now, right? I mean, there's still obviously stuff that happens that we have to overcome, uh, but it's not, it's not as big a deal. And you're able to focus on what you're good at, which is, you know, interviewing the guests and being the face of the organization. That's right. So Whitney, what gift were you giving the world? What gifts am I giving the world? Um, you know, one, I, uh, I want to share Christ with people, you know, and just his love for them. And, and I think that would be the, the first gift, uh, you know, second, you know, my wife and I, like we mentioned, are passionate about adoption and helping, uh, helping families adopt children. And we want to continue to adopt. And so we, you know, we've committed, you know, in a big way to helping these families, uh, just from our business, uh, you know, helping families, uh, uh, adopt children and, and see that there is light there that they can do it. They can make it happen. And, uh, you know, we'd love to see, uh, you know, lots of families be able to adopt that, that maybe think now that they can't. And so that's, uh, that's our big give back. Obviously, you know, we give in lots of other ways, but, uh, but that's a big uh, desire, desire of ours that continue adopting and, and helping others adopt as well. Okay. So, what dream are you focused on catching next? This is a dream catchers podcast. What, what are you, what are you working on accomplishing? What, what's the next big thing? Um, you know, it's hard not to just get in that mindset deal by deal thing. Like where's the next deal, right? Where's that next property? Cause it, it's like the next one's the next dream kind of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, outside of that, it is like, getting our nonprofit rolling, you know, for the adoption stuff, you know, cause that's, that's just a big part of our business as well. You know, it's a, it's kind of like the, the left hand of the business, you know, it's a big part of who we are and, and, you know, just represents what we're about. And, and, and so I think, you know, the, the dream at the moment outside of finding the next deal and the next deal and growing that business uh, is the, is the nonprofit side. Nice. So I've got two more questions. And before I do that, if people want to get in contact with you and find out more about you or LifeBridge, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, LifeBridgeCapital.com. They can email me, Whitney at LifeBridgeCapital.com. They can also uh, call or text 540-585-4338. I love it when people put their full cell out there. That's awesome, man. Give me a call. <laughs> um. So last two questions. First one, what are you most grateful for? Um, uh, the Lord, what he's done for me. And uh, by far, by far, my salvation and, and, and then uh, for my, 
my wife and, and children, of course, would be my, what I'm most grateful for. And what is the one thing you want people to take away from this conversation? If they didn't hear anything else, what's, what's the big takeaway for you? You know, I think personally having some type of way that you are giving back in a big way, you know, and, and, and it's, um, it, it, it's bigger than just giving back and, and it helps, uh, helps other people to see a different side of you than just business and real estate and, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess, you know, per our conversation, uh, you know, I would say have a mentor, you know, find somebody that's going to mentor you in this business. And, and it's going to help you to keep from making some of those mistakes that I made early on and help you to get there faster, give you more confidence as well. And so you're, you're going to make me ask another question, which I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to <laughs> anyway. So do you feel like people actually save any money when they don't pay for like the education or their mentoring up front? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, because it's going to take so much longer. You know, what kind of value do you put on your time? You know, if it takes you, you know, another year to actually get into that first deal when you might, you may have done it in six months, you know, w with a mentor or with somebody that's helping you. Um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely, it's definitely money well spent, but you still have to do your due diligence, you know, on that program, on that coach, all those things. But once you know who that is, it's, it's money well spent. I agree with you 3,000%. Whitney, thank you for being on the show. Deeply appreciate your service to the country, both internationally and domestically. Hey, guys, if you made it to this part of the podcast, you really like what you heard. So do us a favor and give us a rating, review, and share with one person who absolutely needs to hear this story. Thanks again, Whitney. We'll talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you, Drone. If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamsgivereal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it.